You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go, C1. Well, how many of you are ready just to, just to spend a few moments in the Word? Can we just read the Bible together tonight? Is that all right? Now, I just got to establish some rules to get this thing started. Now, you, if you're new, I'm the lead pastor. My name is Mike Signorelli. And how many of you guys heard my, my amazing wife, Julie Signorelli, just throw down? Is she amazing? And we co-pilot V1 Church, so we want to welcome you. But I just got to tell you, you know, you probably have figured it out by now, but we're a whole bunch of misfits. We're wild. We're like your crazy uncle who gets drunk on eggnog, but, but like the Christian version. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine that guy accepting Christ and going all in for him. We're like that guy. And the look I was going for tonight is hillbilly chic. Did I pull it off? <laughs> like if you were ur like an urban hunter. <laughs> like how do I prove to them that I'm not from New York other than my accent um, but you know we are just a church that loves people I had when Julie and I were in, in Indiana we just had this vision for what would it look like to go to a place every single week just once a week on a Sunday where people treated you like your future instead of treating you like your past and we, we were like, what, what would it look like if, if everyone got together and they said, let me help you realize and reach your potential in Christ. And, and, and what would it look like if we created this place where people get together and they, and they actually believe the best instead of assuming the worst. And we got here and started V1 Church and it's just been a miraculous journey. We got anyone here that's a part of that original crew, that, that Sunday crew, who's here every single week? Can I hear you? Okay, okay. Um, now I just wanna, okay, so let's establish some ground rules for the next three hours, okay? It's gonna be a quick three hour. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm already halfway through, so don't freak out, okay? And. Um, you know, but here, let's establish some ground rules. At, at, at this church, it is okay. And it's gonna be weird for some of you guys, but it's okay to like talk back and yell back at me, okay? So let's practice right now, okay? Can I just get a really loud and enthusiastic amen? Amen! Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I was a little bit more enthusiastic than I even wanted, I think. I like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now, there's another thing that we do, and this is more like the culture of the South, okay? This is more like the, the hillbilly thing. But as I'm speaking and delivering this message, if you're married, are, are there any married couples here? Okay, okay. Anyone happily married? Okay, okay. Fake it till you make it. Somebody, I heard their voice crack. They went, woo! <laughs> um. But, but let's say you're sitting next to your spouse and you feel like what I have to say is for them. We do this thing and kind of it's like the, the Southern culture where we go, well, and well is sort of like that's not for me, but it's for them and I don't want them to miss it. So you volley it up to them and you go, well, you, you guys want to try it? Everyone, everyone give it a try. Just nudge the person, kind of lean into them and go, well. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, the last thing that we'll, we'll kind of set the ground rules here is, and, and this is more old school, I'll admit, but it just feels good. I was walking down, I live in Queens. Anyone from Queens? Okay, a couple people. We're going to start a gang after service. Um, <laughs> I was in Queens the other day and I did this one. I, I, <laughs> I didn't realize. You ever, you ever just have a God moment and not realize anyone else is around you? 
Okay, not a Christian audience tonight. <laughs> I was having a God moment. I had my headphones on, in and I was walking down the street and I went, hallelujah. And I did that. And as I did that, I opened my eyes and there was a couple who was like, come this way, honey. This guy's crazy. <laughs> it was really happened. And then I was like, man, I was that guy for a second. So why don't we just try, hallelujah just simply means praise the Lord. And, and you know, amen just means let it be so. So this is kind of Christianese, but it's fun. Can we just let, can you all just try, hallelujah. hallelujah. See, doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel better than the F word that you let out coming through traffic on your way here? <laughs> I talk to so many people every week. You're like, you know what, Pastor Mike? The greatest test of my faith every week is the drive to church. It's like the enemy is just attacking on all fronts. But we're going to be in the book of Luke for the next just couple minutes. And, you know, we, Julie and I had a vision for this service where we would actually have all the kids and all the families together because we're doing a shorter condensed service because it is Christmas Eve. And uh, if the kids, like, cry out, whatever, we got crayons, we got stuff, but listen, just pretend with me for a moment that it's a live nativity and it's the baby Jesus, okay? <laughs> you all felt convicted now for not liking children because you realize Jesus used to be one, right? <laughs> but here, I want to say this too. If you're a first time, you know, this is first, second, third time, and you're like, man, this is incredible. I felt something. I just want to tell you, we, and for those of you who go to V1 Church every week, you know, this is just our normal existence. Am I right? Like, this is what we do. So this isn't like a Christmas Eve thing. I mean, we had some special moments here and there, but by and large, this is just who we are. And so every Sunday in the movie theater, and we have leather recliners, which I'm gonna say are an upgrade from what you got right now, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But we're in the book of Luke, and I wanna read you some. We're gonna do story time with Papa Sigs. Is that all right? It's how I refer to myself when, <laughs> when I go into dad mode, Papa Sigs. We're in Luke chapter two, verse seven. So let me read this. It says, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. They're talking about Mary. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. And this translation says the hostel. You know, some of us in this room, we just go all out. We love Christmas and you're like a little elf on the shelf. And some of us in this room, it's kind of like we tolerate it. Maybe you're here because a family member forced you to do it. You know, we've got somebody on our worship team named Dan who took, uh, I don't know if you have that picture. He took becoming an imitator of Christ like this. <laughs> he was like, you know what? I, I want to be an imitator of Christ. And this is what it looked like for him. <laughs> Should we just leave that up the entire time? That's actually a real baby picture, though. That's the weird part. <laughs> Somebody yelled out, well. You know, it is like technically a sin to lie when people have ugly babies. And like, they're so cute. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, wow, this is my kind of church. They're real. Okay, take it down. It's scary. <laughs> There's little foam hands coming out, too. That was like, who does that? I love him. Um, but, you know, and Dan's just been like such, for me, you know, and I'm just going to go there. For me, Christmas every year seemed to be a tragic event. 
And then as I became a, an adult and had a family of my own, I found myself unintentionally sabotaging my own Christmases every year. And I preached last week in uh, part three, the episode three of Be Present about how, you know, I don't have the story of getting it right every time, but I think my, my kids are gonna have to say, you know, he, he clicked over in the moment and said, I, I can't be perfect, but I can be present. And so, you know, the same goes for all of you in this room. And I think this has been a very, I preached to myself this entire month and I feel like it's been my favorite message series, but see, there's baby Jesus now, you hear him? (laughs) I love it, I love it. Let's look at Luke chapter two, verse seven again, six and seven. It says, while they were there, the time came for Mary, for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in the manger because there was no room in the hostel. So I want to just tell you a little bit about what a manger really is because we saw, you know, Dan's picture of him in like a manger, but we don't really, we're, we're kind of separated from this culture 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. And, and, and even to kind of break it down, do you know Bethlehem actually means the house of bread? And Bethlehem wasn't Manhattan. Bethlehem was more like where I'm from, like, Hick, like, like a Hicktown, USA. I was going to say Hicksville, but that's a real place out here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, who named that place? Like, who do they say? It was another guy from Indiana. <laughs> We'll call it Hicksville. But, but Bethlehem was this, the house of bread, and it was kind of like this remote, like uncool kind of place. And, and in that place, you have uh, Mary and Joseph on this journey, and, and she is just at that point. And if you have a wife or you've actually witnessed this, there is no stopping the baby. It's just like the movies, but crazier. And finally, they realize that there is no room in the inn, and therefore, they must place the Messiah, God wrapped in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, in a manger. But for those of you who've only seen like the fluffy mangers, like the ones that, um, you know, kind of we roll out every year to set up the stage, you have no idea what that is. So a manger was a feeding trough for animals, for livestock. And, and you see the, 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 the manger, and, and this is kind of crazy, but they didn't know if it was used exclusively for food, for the livestock or water as well. And so imagine Jesus down now, just kind of get a visual, a trough, a feeding trough. And this is where animals would repeatedly go eat over and over and over and over again. So imagine the mouths of these animals just slopping all over the place. This was a place of filth. This is a place of filth. And it said that because there was no room in the inn, they had to place Jesus in a manger. And, and I'll tell you what, I, I believe the Bible and, and I believe that there was an intentionality here. Like, why? And I begin to just in my own heart, like, God, why a manger? And this was my own meditation. Like, why a manger? Well, let me tell you what a manger represents. You know, animals are governed by instinct. You know, an animal just, that's why like, you you don't really blame animals. Like people fall into the zoo exhibit and if they get like mauled, you don't blame the animal, right? And we kind of all know that it's not okay to blame the animal because they have an instinct that they're operating. Are we all cool? We're on the same page? All right, release the tigers. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, There's this animalistic place, okay? It's raw emotion, raw feelings. 
And you know, I asked myself, why was it so necessary to place Jesus in the manger? Well, how many of you know that apart from Christ, and maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus and all you've ever been given was the religions and traditions of your family and people around you. There is this animalistic, angry, raw, instinctual side of you that just can never get enough. And then, and then think about a trough, okay? A trough is a place that you eat. How many of you ate more than one time today? Anybody? Okay, anyone do like fast food more than twice? Because that's kind of the space. I've been praying for deliverance from that. But a trough is a place that they would go to and it would satisfy them for a moment, but, and they would go and do their existence as an animal and then come back to that trough. And then it would satisfy them and they would go do life and come back to that trough. And can I just tell you, everyone in this room's got a manger. Everyone in this room has a manger. Can you look at the person next to you and just ask them, what's your manger? Turn to that other person that you just ignored on the other side and say, what is your manger? Now, let me just tell you, what is the difference between a manger and the inn? Because it says there was no room. So if the Bible's intentional, why do we know that there's no room in the inn, but he had to be in a manger? You know what the inn represents? The inn, how many of you guys like staying in hotels? Anyone? I love it. When life gets hard and you feel like you're going to quit, you get a hotel and 24 hours later, you're like, I'm back, baby. Am I the only one? So, and here's the reason why. Your house might be filthy, okay? You might live in Queens where all of our houses are filthy. I'm just kidding. But it's like, there's something about the perfection of a hotel. There's something about the way that they pull those sheets up tight and lay it over and there's no dirty dishes and there's no dirty laundry and you walk in and it smells so good and it's just pure perfection. And you know what's happened? Religion, tradition, the other church down the street, they have taught you that you must place Jesus in the inn. They've taught you that the only place that Jesus belongs is the stained glass windows and the places of perfection where there's no funk and there's no mess and there's no curse words and there's no abuse and there's no poverty. And they're, they're just, those places aren't the places for the Messiah. Those places aren't the places for the King. Except for what we have here is Jesus being placed in a manger. Can somebody say, well... If you're waiting to be perfect enough to place Jesus in the manger of your heart, that place of raw emotion, that place that nothing can satisfy, that place where you go back to the drink and you go back again, you go back to that broken relationship and you go back. If you're waiting and say, well, I'll get myself all cleaned up and then I'll come to V1 Church. Then I'll come back to God. Guess what? There's going to come a time where you have to realize like I did and some other people in this place that there is actually no room for him there because the very place he wants to be the most is in the filth of that manger. Come on. And you know, this whole thing has been, yeah, you guys can slow clap it. I know you're still getting this out like I just made noise in church. I feel like I'm sinning. You know, there's some of you guys that kind of have been conditioned into this idea that like, man, because I did that thing, because that is a trough in my life, 
that's no place for Jesus. But can I just tell you that when you were in worship and, and, and the atmosphere of heaven began to open as Tim was declaring, the gates of hell are closed. He was also saying that in this space, the gates of heaven are open. And all of a sudden, that feeling that you felt was literally God breathing on you. And he was saying, come on, now's the time. Put me in the manger. Put me in that addiction. Put me in that filth. Now's the time. But then all of a sudden, the atmosphere changes and the service moves on and, you, and the moment's gone. But I'm here to bring it back and tell you that you all have a manger. You know, as I was going through this message, and I'm almost done, I'm closing out, so maybe the band can come help me with this. You know, there's this place of perfect order, in, and it's really a place that you will never obtain. You know, think about it. It's Christmas Eve right now. You came here. Maybe you got all the presents on your list for your kids. You know, maybe you spent the entire season worried. I mean, maybe you got credit cards to fake it like you were in a position you really weren't. And you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. And you said, man, the last thing I need is just to go through another program. Well, guess what? God is here right now. And there's still time to place him in the manger. But see, Mary, and this is what makes her a legend. There was something I believe happening in Mary's heart where she looked at the filth of that feeding trough, that place of insatiable desire, and she said, I, I would never put a baby in that thing. That my ba I mean, I've got two baby girls. I mean, I, I never would put them in the place where animals feed, but I think the Holy Spirit moved on her heart and said, it's my will. It's going to be the greatest symbol of humanity that, that I'm not the God that's up here anymore, so distant, floating in the clouds, judging, but I'm actually Emmanuel, God, with you, and not just with you when you're good, but with you when you're bad, with, with you when you mess it up, with you when you break every single rule they taught you in school with you always even until the ends of the earth with you and all of a sudden as the Holy Spirit moved on her heart she looked at that feeding trough and she said God by your design the inn was full by your design the place where all the rich people from Long Island hide all their sins is full can I get an amen by your design the the frozen chosen the us for no more the click the crew the country club it's all full there's no other place but to put him down into this opiate addicted world there's no other place but to put him down in my nearly divorce or after divorcers nowhere else to put him down but into my pain and when you come into this place and you get into that movie theater next Sunday and you say, God, let the filthy manger of my heart be the place that you dwell now, let me just tell you this. John 4.14 says this, whoever drinks of this water, I will give them, will never thirst again. It says, John 6.35 says, Jesus said this himself, I am the bread of life born in Bethlehem, a place called the house of bread. And it says, the person who aligns with me hungers no more. Say no more. It says he thirsts no more. Say no more. The bread of life. Jesus placed in a feeding trough and said when you eat of this when you partake of this Savior you will never hunger again 
God's delivered me from alcoholism. I'm standing in front of you as a man who can tell you that I partook of this man named Jesus and begin to metabolize it and that Signorelli DNA begin to transform and the old man begin to come off and the new man begin to rise up inside of me. And I said, oh, come on, somebody has changed. And you know, the biggest evidence of change isn't when you said you changed, it's when somebody else says, is that Mike Signorelli who used to be like that? Oh yeah, it is. What's your story in this place? Come on, this could be the greatest Christmas of your life. You know, some of you have had these promises that were told to you. People who said, oh, 2017 is gonna be the greatest year of your life. And now you're looking back and saying, I should have flicked them off. But guess what? Better doesn't always mean easier. Sometimes better just means not alone. Better doesn't always mean easier. Sometimes it just means no longer alone. Jesus said, oh yeah, you're still gonna go through. Oh, you're still gonna lose them to cancer. This is still gonna happen. You're still gonna, things are going down, but guess what? I'm now Emmanuel, I'm with you. I'm with you, I'm with you. And when it gets too heavy, I'm alongside of you to take that burden off of your shoulders and carry it with you through life. Oh yeah, you're still going through, but it's better now because you don't go through it alone. And then you look around, some of you look around this room, you started 2017 orphaned, you started it abandoned, you started it separated, and, and just having your brothers and sisters, the body of Christ around you said, you know what, it got better because I'm a little less lonely than I used to be. What an incredible symbol. Would you stand to your feet with me? You have a few pieces of lumber, and, and those, those few pieces of lumber were put together and they made a feeding trough for animals, this place that they could never get enough of and kept going back to. And Jesus was placed in that place as a symbol for us. And then at his birth, you had that moment, but then at his death, just a few pieces of lumber were put together again. And it said, now I'm gonna satisfy sin and sin's never gonna thirst no more. Death, the grave, hell is defeated forever and ever and ever and ever because of those pieces of lumber that, that were shaped together because when you put Jesus in a situation it changes everything right now in this room even the kids who are listening God has been moving on your heart all night and for you who are parents just like it's so important for you to place those presents under the tree more important is for you to place Jesus in the manger of your heart and I dare you, if you're a young person, I want you to hear me. The world will try to sell you something. The world will try to tell you how to be happy. The world will try to tell you that the more relationships you have, the more sexual relationships you have, the more of this you have, and it's never enough. And they've created a trough, and they're trying to constantly pour into that trough. And I'm here to tell you, if you'll leave this place with Jesus, you'll have the only thing you'll ever need for the rest of your life. Come on. I'm here to tell the lead generation, the ones who are like, man, I've seen my time. I've been going to church for years. I've been there. I've done that. God used me way back then, but I guess I'm a washed up has-been. My word to you tonight is you're just getting started. If you're not dead, you're not done. 
and the best is still yet to come. Come on. The Bible says that he will pour out his spirit among all flesh. Everyone say all. That's you and you and you and you and you. Jesus is in this place right now. We're going to close this thing out. Would you all just close your eyes with me? Maybe you've never heard a message like this. Maybe you're still wondering like what you even experienced tonight. But you know that you know that you know that it's real. And you know that if you take another step out that door and you walk out without Jesus taking the filthy manger of your heart, then you made a mistake and he's moving right now in your heart. Just with your eyes closed, I want you to imagine something with me. I've got two girls and we recently went to the city and you know, we we're at Rockefeller Center. We're looking at the trees and all these things that people from Indiana think are amazing because we're like, this is real Christmas now. And I told my daughters, I said, just do me a favor. I don't want you to ever leave my sight. There's so many people here. You just, you, you got to just stay by dad. And there was this terrifying moment where I looked at Julie and I said, where's Bella? And she looked back at me with one of those, like, I have no idea looks. And it put me in a panic. And then three seconds, which were the longest three seconds of my life, I I found her and I I saw her. And I thought to myself, as you're in this moment right now, if that's how I felt only three seconds into realizing that my daughter was not in my sight, that she had stepped out, how much more our Heavenly Father It didn't matter at that point that she disobeyed my words. What mattered more is I wanted her by me so badly and I needed to know she was with me that it didn't even matter that she messed up. It didn't matter that she didn't listen to me. All that matters is I was going to find her and relentlessly pursue her until she was back in my arms. And right now, if you're in this place and you found yourself away from God, it doesn't matter why you walked away. All that matters is He wants you so desperately right now to just say yes to Him. He wants you so badly right now in this moment to say, I'm coming home. I'm coming back to you. That's the only thing that matters right now. So with every eye closed in this place, if you're here with no one looking around and you're saying, I want Jesus tonight. I want Jesus. I want to receive Him. Would you just lift your hand? Would you just lift your hand right now just as a sign to say, God, I want you. Count me in. Come on, there's people just crying all over this room because the Holy Spirit's moving on their heart right now. God is literally drawing himself to you. I mean, you could feel his closeness in this moment with your hand raised. Would you just put your hands down? There were hands all over this place. I want you guys to do this. Just take a look at me. This place was full of hands from front to back. There's something happening. You guys just, you could probably feel it. It's not a good speech. It's not a good song. It's Holy Spirit. It's God himself beginning to just weave himself into your life in this moment. And what we're going to do together right now is we're going to lift up a prayer and just seal it and let God just make himself real to you to close this thing out. And I believe it's the greatest Christmas present that you could ever get. And will you all, whether you raise your hand or didn't, will you all just say this out loud with your new brothers and sisters in the faith? Will you guys do that? 
and also believe that the hev- that the angels of heaven are just going to rejoice with us and and we're just going to close this thing out with a triumphant celebration that jesus didn't stay in that manger and heck yeah he didn't even stay at the cross come on he rose again three days later he's alive and he's here right now so will you all just pray with me and use my words just close your eyes everyone say heavenly father i ask you to forgive me for my sins wash me clean i receive the sacrifice of your son jesus i ask that today you take the manger of my heart come into the broken places come into the filthy places i turn it all over to you and today i celebrate the greatest gift that you are present with me and everyone shout amen come on lift it up come on Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.